Welcome to the Not Your Average 31 podcast, a curation of stories from women who have broken the mold on what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Not Your Average 31 is on a mission to help women see their inner Proverbs 31 woman right where they're at. I'm your host, Leslie Elise. Let's jump into this week's episode. Hey, mold breakers. Welcome back to part three of my story. So last week, I kind of wrapped up the story of me traveling the world and even closing the chapter on me being a nanny for a decade. We're going to backtrack just a touch to maybe you remember the part of the story that I was in Berlin and I was saying, Mom, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And she asked me if I had prayed about it. And I went, no. And of course, I felt this like rush of, oh my gosh, that's not what you're supposed to say as a Christian. You know, like that's what I was always taught. You better be respectful. (laughs) You know, I didn't know what I thought would happen, but I just had this vision of this, um, you know, the fire and brimstone, like strike you down God that I've come to find does not actually even exist. So that's exciting. But I want to talk about about the part of the story where I ended up moving to Amarillo, which I think I covered a little bit and in the last episode. So I moved to Amarillo, managed a boutique for a year. Um, Outside of work, I knew there was this church in Amarillo that I was like, I know I'm supposed to be a part of this church. And I did not realize that this church had multiple locations and if for for Amarillo, it's one of the two mega churches, <laughs> and for Amarillo standards, I guess I should say it's a mega church. By the U.S. standards, it's definitely not. But um, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go, and I went walking. I, of course, I was nervous as could be, which is so funny. Can we just talk about how funny it is that I will travel the globe by myself, but walking into a church building by myself just scared scared me. It just, I don't know why, like that is just funny to me. And I'd forgotten about how nervous and scared I was until just now. But anyway, I was walking into the front doors of that church and there were people, there were greeters there. And I was like, if one of them talks to me, I will turn around and go back. Like I will go get back in my car. And by the grace of God, not one of them spoke to me. They smiled and they opened the door but they didn't say a word. And I was like, well, that, okay, apparently you want me here. And I went and I found my comfortable little spot in the back row of the church. You know, being raised Baptist, we kind of like the back row. We tend to gravitate towards the back. And, you know, and I always kind of, I've always joked that, you know, you stay in the back row because you can't catch on fire if you don't go too close to the front. You know, you never know. (laughs) And have I ever witnessed anybody catch on fire in church? No. Like, I don't know where the thought or the, that idea came from. But anyway, I always just have been more comfortable in the back. And so I found myself on a back row. And I think I ended up sitting in a family seats because they came and they looked at me just kind of bug eyed, like, well, I don't know where to go now. And I'm like, well, and I, you know, it's like that nonverbal communication, They didn't know where to go and I'm not moving, you know? (laughs) So I uh, went to church that day and they were like, Hey, there's a young single adults event this evening. 
at our South campus. And it's at, you know, it's at this different campus, go over here to this other location. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, I, that sounds, I need to meet people. I'm in Amarillo. I really don't know anybody. I had a few people, but I didn't really know anybody at this point. And so I went and I walk in the front door and I see a girl I went to high school with. And I, we kind of like gravitated toward each other because singles events are just awkward and a little weird. And, you know, cause there's always as many good people as there are. There's always the creepers, you know, they got to ruin everything. Um, <laughs> but what do you do? Um, so we kind of gravitated towards each other and because we're in the same age group, we went to the, with the same group to the, like, to like mix and mingle and whatnot. Anyway, uh, that night we were just kind of standing and talking to people and, you know, just kind of struck up conversation with the group and they were like, so do you have a small group? And I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I'm brand new. I literally just came to church for the first time this morning and you know, I'm like, and they were like, Hey, we meet tomorrow night. Do you want to come? And I went, yeah, let me like, can I have your address or your phone number? Like, and we can talk about it then. And they were like, yeah, that's awesome. And you could tell, like, after I walked away, they were all like, oh, she probably won't come. You could just kind of tell, but I was like so hungry for community. And I knew that I needed community that was in a church. I haven't been around that. And I didn't realize how far I had fallen. And now the language I would use now is how far I had ran from God in, in that span of time that I hadn't been home or even since college, you know? And so I, I knew I was like, I've got to go. I've got to go to this group. I want to meet one. If nothing else, maybe I can find some friends. And it's so funny. I went, I pulled up to that house that Monday night and I started walking up the front walkway. And of course, here's the nerves again, like shaking me to my core. And from inside the house, I hear one of the girls go, she came. (laughs) And I can't help but laugh every time I think about that. They were like, most people don't come. That's so exciting. And I just, they were, and she goes, most people think we're weird. And I'm like, well, you're my kind of weird. So, you know, and I've kind of always gone with that. I'm like, you know, everyone's weird. I always see people and, you know, sometimes in conversation, we're like, oh, they're a little weird. Well, that's just because they're not your weird. But these people were my weird. And I, and I say that with love and honor, guys. <laughs> if you're listening, I say that with love and honor. Um, and I spent the next year and a half with that group of people just doing life. Anytime one of us moved, myself included, they came over and helped me load the U-Haul and unload it into the other house. We had Halloween together. We had Valentine's together. We did, um, you know, community events. We did fundraisers. We did like... We just lived life. And yes, we did Bible studies on Mondays, but at the end of the day, when we needed something, our group was there. You know, my dad even had knee replacement and one of the guys brought us, me and my mom dinner. Like he, like everyone in that group just always took such good care of 
everybody else. And I just, I love that group. And after that year and a half, you know, one of the leaders had moved and a lot of the people kind of, several people had moved actually. And it just kind of started to fizzle. And, you know, I've just so been hungry for that community again. And I, I even switched campuses. Like I went to a different location. They had opened one up and I just felt like God was telling me to go over there. And so I went and I just, I kind of found my identity in serving at that church so much so that I was kind of the volunteer in charge of the volunteers. You know, I helped organize the volunteers and so on Sundays, I'd show up at 7.30, 8 o'clock making coffee. And, you know, I was one of the last ones to leave. I helped decorate the church for Christmas. I helped lead lunches. I, you know, really just, I was trying, it was one of those things where I was all about the works, all about the serving. And I really found my identity in that. You know, we always talk about the Mary and Martha's. I was definitely the hustler. I wasn't sitting at Jesus' feet and gleaning. I was busy working and serving and mad that other people were gleaning and they're not helping, you know? And so I was there for a couple years. I can't even remember. I had to have been with that church just no matter what campus. I was at that church for at least four years, I think. Honestly, don't even know. At least four, if not five. But, you know, I met amazing people and just kind of, I don't know, I discovered a lot about myself. And sometimes I think the lessons we learn, we don't even get until it's over. And it's not something that we learned in a good way. You know, we kind of learn, hey, Leslie, it's not healthy when you accidentally, you know, the day that I realized here, let me, let me word it this way. There was one day I said, yeah, you know, I got to go to work. And somebody went on Sunday morning. And then I went, oh my gosh, it's church. And they kind of chuckled and I kind of laughed it off too. And then I went, you know, whenever work is church and I'm not a staff member, then we have an issue. And I just kind of realized I've got to back off. Like I can't do this anymore. And I was just kind of wearing myself thin, trying to do it all. And that's never a healthy place to be. So anyway, kind of going back to those life lessons, like sometimes you don't glean the lesson in the moment. It takes some hindsight and maybe even some maturity after the fact to go back and look and go, hey, Leslie, as important as you were, there's a lot of other people that could have done what you were doing. And not only that, your identity is so much more than your ability to make coffee and organize a couple dozen people. Like that's not, that's not part of it. You know, like that's not who you are and who you were created to be. Now that is a hindsight thing. I never, I would have always told you I knew who I was and I didn't know at all. I had no idea. And I think I even mentioned in the last episode too about hitting that lull and that depression and 
kind of just needing to know that life was going to be okay. And the prophetic kept coming up and I just didn't know what to do with that. I kept like, I didn't know about it. I didn't know anything. And you know, the churches I was at really didn't talk about it. They were, it was almost like that was an old Testament thing. That was a, and I say old Testament, but like that was a biblical era thing. That's not a thing that happens anymore. You know, and I, I still honor those, those churches for where they brought me to. They, they reintroduced me to Jesus in a way that a relationship felt approachable because before I was scared to death, but they made Jesus approachable. And so I... Okay. So I was really, I just had a lot of questions about the prophetic or I didn't have questions about the prophetic. I just was at the standstill of, nope, that's not, that's absolutely not. That's old Testament, you know? And that's when really God came to me and said, Leslie, my gifts don't die. The only part of me that died or the only part of me that could die did. And he rose three days later. Like there is no part of me that is dead. And it just, I was kind of like, okay, that didn't take away the fear of the prophetic because in my eyes, the prophetic and psychics were very similar or, or the same thing. Um, again, I now several years later have the insight that, you know, where's the source, you know, where's the source behind the prophetic and where's the source um, behind psychics, right? There's a, there's a pretty big difference there. And so I kept hearing, you know, like prophecy just kept coming up every time I turned around in like the most random places, it would be like on a radio show or on a movie or on like books or conversations or scrolling on Facebook and Instagram or, you know, wherever I was on social media, no matter what, something was coming up about the prof prophetic and receiving a word. And I just, I was to that point, I was so desperate. I needed to know that everything would be okay. And I, I was to the point I, there was another church, the other mega church in town. I knew they did personal prophetic ministry and I didn't know how it worked so I, I was on the verge of calling that church and just going, listen, I need a word and I don't know what to do. Like how I'm not a member there. I just, I'm, and that's honestly what kept me from doing it was I wasn't a member. And so why would they do it? You know? <laughs> and so I, and then in, in between me wanting to call that church and January of 2017, I believe. Was it 27? Yep, it was. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I just, so I say that's so funny because four years ago today, this is actually the day before this episode airs. So this is January 12th. Four years ago today, I had a picture pop up and it was right smack dab in the middle of what really introduced me to Holy Spirit. And so I think that's just funny that he's having me record this episode today. Um, I had a friend that I not only was 
seeking the prophetic, but I was also wanting, like, I just, I needed something. I needed something to tell me I was going to be okay. And, um, you know, this was like a two or three month thing. Like it was, you know, a couple months where I just couldn't shake the prophetic. And I asked a friend about this process called the aroma freedom technique. And I was like, you know, here's the deal. Here's where I'm at. And they're like, just do it. And I'm like, no, but listen, I want to tell you. And they're like, Leslie, just do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It works. And a lady was sitting there and she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to eavesdrop, but I'm actually a practitioner and I can help you out. And I said, what? And she was like, I'm a practitioner and I can, you know, I'm more than happy to talk to you about this. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, let me have your number and how much is it? And, you know, we kind of did the whole thing. And so the prophetic was kind of set on the back burner for the like three days until our session. And I did the aroma freedom technique with, um, this woman that I did not know. I invited her over to my house and we did this process of healing the emotions behind our mindsets. And that is the heart behind the mindset recalibration that I do now. And I'll kind of, I'll tie that in here in a little bit too, but it was funny in our session, I was just saying like, yeah, I, she encouraged me, ask Holy Spirit, ask God what to show you things, to tell you things, you know, what came up. And I, I would tell her, I'm like, I kind of saw this and this and this, and I kind of, you know, I would explain some things. And she, towards the end of our session, she went, Leslie, I think you're prophetic. And I went, no, no. And it was kind of one of those things that it clearly wasn't for me because I was so desperate for a word, but I didn't have one. Like if I was prophetic, I would have had a word, but I didn't, didn't have a word, you know, which you have to be intentional to seek out a word for yourself. I've learned, I've come to learn, like I have to set aside a time to really seek God and listen in with unbiased ears. And so, you know, I don't, I don't do that often enough, but she kind of mentioned it. She's like, no, I think you're prophetic. And I was like, no, no. No, 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 that's not it, you know, <laughs> and, but that session was so transformative that just that one hour of time, I think we probably spent a little longer than an hour, but like that one session of time was so transformational that I said, I've got to do this for the rest of my life. I want to help people and use this tool because my life just changed. Like I walked in hopeless and I left feeling like I could conquer the world. I, it was an amazing experience. And so I, within two months, I went and I did this training, the same training that she did with the same instructor and everything. And I came back knowing I was going to need to do some sessions on people and just kind of, you know, get my training in. And so I just kind of put out there, Hey, I'm doing this thing. I would love some volunteers. Like it doesn't cost you a dime. I need some practice. And so a girl I knew from Delhart living in Amarillo, like she used to work with my mom. Her grandma was my neighbor, you know, like whenever I was a little bitty, you know, I've kind of known their family my whole life. And so she was like, yeah, I'll help you out. Like, I'd love to do that. So I went and I was doing her session and it's so funny at the end of hers, she went, 
I think you're prophetic. And I went, what? I was almost not appalled, but I was just kind of like blown away that two people in this short amount of time have told me that I'm prophetic. What? No, no, no. And she was like, yeah, I I don't know. She's like, well, okay. You know, she kind of let it go, but she invited me to come to her church because she was like, Leslie, you know, I'm on that. I'm, I, I'm part of that prophetic team at, at that church. I'd love for you to come with me. And I'm like, okay, I know her and I trust her. So I'll take a chance. And so she invited me to this deal and I had been to it a time or two before, um, at the beginning of the year, they have a really big, um, like two or three night deal and just have speakers and prophets come in from all over. And so I went and it was really talking about what's God got in store for this year. And that kind of filled me with like, with hope. Cause I was still as much hope as I had gained through that session with, um, my friend, the aroma freedom session. Since then it's still, I still wasn't sure. Like I felt hope. Like I, I, there was finally light at the end of the tunnel of like the darkness that I was experiencing, but it just felt like the light wasn't getting any closer. You know, I wasn't getting any closer to, um, leaving that dark place. And so, um, like she invited me, I went and I was sitting with her and she was like, okay, I'm going to have to go. But, um, and I was like, all right, no worries. She walked down and they announced like, Hey, if you would like a personal prophetic word, you know, we're our highly trained team is down here to give those words. And I remember feeling, I remember hearing God for one of, you know, another really almost vocal time saying, go, now's your chance. Like now's your, like, now's the time go do it. I don't want to say now's your chance. Like it was like the window was closing and never again. Like that is not at all what I was, I want to like say, but he was just like, Hey, go, you're here. You're ready. Like it's time. And I was standing in line and I was so nervous. I like, I can't even tell you. I was literally shaking. I was shaking the whole time. And because it's such a big service at that church, the line was so long. I waited in line. I know at least 45 minutes and, you know, just throwing this in there. God works miracles. Like it might seem petty. It might seem small. It might seem like something that God doesn't care about, but it's the fact that he cares so much that he cares about those tiny details. I get emotional every time I tell this story because <laughs> it's just amazing. I was so nervous. I was fiddling with my phone and on apps and scrolling and closing and whatever. And I look at my battery and I had like 10% left and I was like, Leslie put it down. So I put my phone back in my pocket and within like two minutes I was nervous and fidgeting and I had my phone out again. We were about, I wasn't even halfway through the line and I was down to 3%. And I got closer to the front 
and I realized I was at 1%. And I knew I wanted my voice recorder out to record this word so that I could listen to it later. Um, my friend was kind enough to be like, Hey, get your voice recorder out. And you know, so you can listen to it again, whether you think you want to or not, just record it for the sake of, of having it. You know, if you, if you don't want to hear it, you can always delete it later. You know, that was kind of, and I was like, okay, sounds good. And I knew I needed that voice recorder out. Well, also halfway up the line, I saw a woman who was a customer at that boutique I managed, the one that I moved from Germany to manage she was one of my customers and I loved when she came in because she was just always so full of life. She was so stinking fun. I loved her. And I saw her on the line as one of the people giving words. And I went, God, please. I know her. It was almost like I was asking him for a security blanket. So one, I knew that I had a friend that I trusted that was on the team, but two, I could get a word from somebody that I knew I could trust too. Because every time she was in that store, she would talk about Jesus. She would talk about God. She knew she, I mean, she was always so faithful to, I knew where she stood. Like I knew that she was a Christian and I knew she was, um, a solid person. And I'm like, you know what? She is one of the, I, God, please, (laughs) you know, just God, please let me go to her line. And I was like second or third from the front of the line. And I'm sitting here going, oh no. Oh no. And I was just like begging, going, God, please. And I'm like, God, I need this to be a neon sign. One, that the prophetic is real, that you're hearing me, that you hear my problems and that I'm going to be okay because I have nowhere. I don't know what else to do. You know, I was just in, I was still in this desperate place and, you know, I was second in line and I could tell that yeah, I kept looking over at her going, oh my gosh, she's about to finish. And what if the person in front of me goes that over there? Well, what I didn't see was somebody finished on the far left side and the one in front of me went that way. And I saw the person leave that was talking to the woman that I wanted to go and, you know, like kind of be in her line. I wanted to go over there and they were like, ma'am, they're ready for you. And I, I just ran to her. Like I ran over there. And I looked at my phone. It was still had 1% by the grace of God. Because honestly, how long does 1% last on a phone, you know? And so I, I had the voice recorder out and I had it ready to go. And I was like shaking still. And um, the woman didn't recognize me. She had no idea that I was the one that managed that boutique that she used to shop at. I had, I had no expectations of her remembering me, but... I felt so much comfort just knowing that it was somebody that I knew and somebody from part of my past, you know? And so it's so funny. The first thing out of their mouth was, you know, I just feel like God is saying the whole time you were in line, you were praying like, God, I need to know if you're in this circumstance and that you're real and that you hear me. And God says, Hey, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of it. I'm here. And It was like everything I was asking for in line was answered in that word. Even things that I couldn't even verbalize, things that I didn't know I needed, they were, it was all answered in that word. And I, um, like after that word, I turned and I was like, thank you so much. And of course I'm bawling like a baby 
felt kind of like a fool crying out in public, you know, emotions were still kind of a newer thing for me to be experiencing. Uh, cause I did not cry for a long time, <laughs> but I, you know, I turned and I went to go walk out and head out to my car and I looked at my phone and it was dead and I was like, Oh no. Like I just, I was like, God help me remember everything that was said. And I just, I was kind of going, man, I know I knew I was supposed to record it. I hope I got it all. I don't know. I got out to my car and I clicked my phone again and it powered right. Like it was on and it had recorded not only the whole word, but my whole walk out to my car. God saved my 1% of battery for over 20 minutes. When does that happen? When does that happen? You know, like it is amazing that God cared enough to preserve my phone battery. He knew how important that was to me and where I was. Hey, mold breakers. So I'm actually going to wrap up this part of my story because I did not realize just how long this episode was going to be. And I want to value your time. So on that note, this is the end of the first half of part three. And be looking out for the second half of episode three before next Thursday. So I'm going to wrap things up here. I hope you guys are encouraged and, you know, I hope the story is actually resonating with you and that you are getting some healing in your own story, in your own journey. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Average 31. We look forward to meeting you here again next week. A new episode drops Thursday. To get more before Thursday, join our socials. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. If you're loving what you're hearing, would you give us a follow and leave us a rating? It lets other listeners know that Not Your Average 31 is something special to listen to. Thanks again, and hope you enjoyed this week's episode. See you next time. 